It is time for another edition of the Two Bums and a Mike Sports Podcast. And as always, you can listen to us on Spotify for podcasts. There's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere that you get your podcast. You can follow us on our socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Two Bums and a Mike. I am Mike Marsden, and today we have a special guest host as Kevin and Christian are on assignment, as in can't be here. (laughs) Um, We have... Dean Caledon coming back for another episode and today Dean as you know as we were talking about this before we got started the MLB trade deadline has come and gone there there was a lot of deals that went down and we'll get into kind of the bigger ones that really went down that are a big note across the league (laughs) but there's one real real big thing that we're going to be talking about today and that is unfortunately our favorite team the Chicago White Sox now, on this podcast, between me and Kevin and Christian, throughout multiple episodes over the last like month and a half, honestly, we've been kind of promoting this episode of what was the inevitable thing to happen, which was mm-hmm. what ended up happening, which was all. It's it's hard because we can't really call it a sell off, but it's but it kind of was a sell off. It's it's kind of it, like a just you know a half try. A, you know, we'll just we'll let them try it again here. We'll we'll just we'll be. I mean, if you look at the lineup, the lineup. I mean, they they still have Anderson. They still got. I mean, you're gonna have Anderson at short, Vaughn at first, Benintendi, Robert, Eloy in the outfield next year. They're basically the same exact lineup. It, they, they literally didn't change anything. Yeah, and, and the they, only thing they did is they got rid of my favorite player. <laughs> Jake Berger. Everybody's favorite third, player. According according to the soccer broadcast, I don't know if this is true or not, he is the third fastest player on the team, and that says all you need to know about the White Sox team. It, that, <laughs> yes, it does for how fast that team is and the defense. Yeah, he, yeah that really goes to show how. He, he looks like, if you put like a red hat on him, he looks like Mario, and he's the third fastest <laughs> player on the team. I don't know if they were being serious about that, but that that's all I need to know. Because like he's he's definitely not a f- fast guy by no. any stretch compared to other <laughs> no, players in the league. But no, like he does he does bust his ass. Like he does hustle. No, he tries, and you know that's that's honestly the the saddest thing about this trade is that the only player on the team that I liked who had years of control left in his contract he got traded away. <laughs> That was actually doing something for this team besides yes. Luis Robert. He was fun to watch. I enjoyed watching him. He played second base. He was our second baseman, apparently. Because <laughs> we don't have one. We haven't had one. No, we, well, we we didn't have one to start the year either. But, you know, we were just like, hey, we'll just like, we'll just, we'll care. So that's kind of what they said. That's kind of what uh, Han and Reinsdorf said is, you know, we don't have a second baseman still, but... We'll just try this again. So we have our backup second baseman that's actually our third baseman, but can't play third base because we paid too much money for Yon Mankata. So when Yon Mankata is here batting under 200 and defensive yeah. is bad, when he, he, ha- he has to play third base because we paid him all this money. So yeah. Jake the, Berger, who's actually producing for us, has to be in the lineup, but we have too many DHs, mm-hmm. so he can't be there. So we have to put him at second base because we literally don't have a second baseman. You see what the things are getting complicated here. I just uh, Honestly, poorly constructed be, this team is. This has to be the worst constructed team I've ever seen in my life. And the fact that Han, they're, they're giving him a third try. How, like, how many, t- like, GMs 
keep their job enough to try it three times. He tried just piecing it together with, you know, Eden and whatever that experiment was. That didn't work. So then they were like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll completely tear it down. We'll go to Rock Bomb. Mm-hmm. Start back up. That didn't work. So now they're like, well, I guess we'll just, you know, trade away our entire pitching staff and Jake Berger, and then we'll just come back next year and watch the team suck again. Well, we'll get into that because going getting the guys that they traded for, it, it's actually quite interesting if you really take a hard look at it. And we're going to go by each trade one by one at the White Sox stand. And again, later on, we'll go by kind of the bigger ones that happened throughout the league because there were some pretty interesting ones that happened. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to Jake Berger in a sec. But the first trade that, that happened was the one that was most inevitable, which was Lucas Giolito. Lucas yeah. Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez were traded to the Angels. Man, for I don't a know if you saw he's, uh, he's tossing triple digits again. It just took him. He had to get out of the White Sox uniform. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez? Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. But <laughs> People we, seem to get better when they leave. Yeah, is that a coincidence? Probably not. No, no um, probably not. Honestly, um, what the Sox should do is send T. They should trade their players, have them go look at other teams' training camps, and come back and tell them what they learned. Well, the problem is with the Sox, it's it's our developmental staff, developmental or coaching staff, like everything from top to bottom, from Jerry on coaches wise. It just it's just not working because we ma- we've made the joke as you literally just did. We've made the joke for years, decades. That like p- players come to the White Sox, they suck, and then they go somewhere else, whether it's a pitcher or a hitter of any kind, go somewhere else. And they're good. Mm-hmm. It, that's and they don't not, get injured. It's not just a joke like, huh, it's just all luck. No, it, like, it, it's, it's not a coincidence. It's a real thing. And for Rick and Kenny and Jerry that are running this ship, mm-hmm. like, if they can't see that after all this time, they, they shouldn't be in the positions that they're in. Because if you can't see that, you're delusional and or blind. Because or, this, this or is Christian. clear as day. Or what? <laughs> or Christian. What, <laughs> what, what did Christian do? Why did he bring him into this? Because he, he loves he loves Grinnell. But or his, or I should have said Christian's fantasy team. Yes, with Grandall, that that's what five percent roster or something like that. But yeah. it, I've been giving him too much crap over Grandall this whole week because Grandall is most likely going to be DFA'd soon, rather no, sooner they rather because yeah, they will. Yes, they no, because Ryan Zorf paid him money, and now Ryan Zorf is not going to just let money walk out the door. He's a free agent after this season anyway. Ryan Zorf bad, don't care. He's batting. He's batting <laughs> under two hundred. He like he doesn't play. Like, no, I think. How much? I think Grandal's batting like two. Isn't he like batting like two fifty this year? No way. If he, I, I haven't looked. I can probably, I could try to find it on Baseball Reference, but I know Zavala I know is batting he, like a solid one fifty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and again, as we go through these trades, we'll, we'll discuss it more over what they got because that going to that about the catching, that that that'll be talked about. But Grandal, if you look at every lineup every day, like he doesn't really start. He starts like two, maybe twice a week, three times a week, and even he's, that he's catching once and then DHing. Exactly. He can't hack it. He literally can't. He can't hit. He can't draw walks as good as he did a few years ago. He can't run, obviously. He can't block. He can't block. He can't throw. There's a lot of things he can't do. I think, I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure someone might have to fact check me on this. But I'm pretty sure 
Grandal with, with you know baseball metrics and everything, he is proven to be the slowest player in the entire MLB. I would not be surprised if he is because my God, is he slow? Like just He's so slow. Just watching him, like he, may, he makes Paul Kaneko look fast. It makes me look fast. I'm not fast. <laughs> All right, let's see. Yasmani Grandal right now. Oh, my God. So, he has a negative war for this season. I'll that's, leave it. That's, you know. I'll leave it at that. What's he What's he doing in 2023? Uh, let's see. He's got eight home runs, 29 RBIs, oh, wow. 24 stolen bait. Uh, t- <laughs> 24 <laughs> walks. 24 walks. <laughs> he has 24 walks and 276 at bat so that's pretty bad with 60 he has 67 strikeouts to 24 walks really bad ratio um so he actually he is batting 250 he's batting yeah. 250 uh you could OBP, trade him for something an obp of 316 and a slugging of 380 he has an ops of 696 which is not very good yeah. and ops plus of 91 um an OPS plus, like the just average player in the league is 100, and he's at 91. So he's he's a tad under league average for OPS plus. We don't so, we don't really go for above average on the south side. We no, no, we don't. Straight to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. Um, yeah, he's having not a good year at all, and there will be reports that he, the Sox are willing to just give him away. But oh, yeah, they, they should be willing to give away the whole team. <laughs> they should, but I don't know. In my mind, I think Yasmani's going to get DFA'd because he really doesn't play all that much to begin with. And I think they're just going to eat the money so that he's all completely and utterly off the books for next year because what worse can you do with him, uh, Zavala, and Perez as our catchers right now? Well, like does all... he have another year on his contract? No, no, he's a no. free agent after this year. Yeah, so I mean, I from I, they're, I at this point, they're just gonna let him. I don't think they're gonna get rid of him because they're just gonna let him play. Who who else you got other than Zavala? Well, that goes that one that goes into this what this deal that the Sox did for Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez. They received from the Angels catcher Edgar Cuero and left-handed pitcher Kai Bush. Mm-hmm. Um respectively in the Angels farm system Edgar was the number two ranked prospect and Kai Bush was the number three ranked prospect in the Angels system so whether they had a good uh, I think they have like an average farm system not the worst but they don't have the best either so taking their second and third best ranked prospect like it's not that's that's pretty good especially with the catcher Edgar Quayle being a switch hitting catcher how old is he? 20 Okay, is he what's he playing in right now? Single I, I believe he's in double A for as far okay. as I'm aware. And Kai Bush, I believe, is twenty-three in triple A. Don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty I I know he's twenty-three. I don't hold me to that he's in triple A. I think he's in triple A. But at the straight off the bat, you have a highly regarded good defensive catcher with switch hitting ability that can play for your team next year They're, like he's very highly guarded even at 20 years old that he can make and he, like he's basically ready for major league but there's still obviously some fine-tuning and development that he needs to as a 20 year old in the minor league farm system so right off the bat there even if Yasmani leaves 
which he will most likely at the end of the season, whether retiring or signing somewhere else or what have you, that Yasmani's not going to be here. So there's really an opening spot because Zavala, as you mentioned, is batting a buck fifty, and Carlos Perez can't do any better really than that. So you got a guy that like you know what, give him a shot, a young switch hitting good defensive catcher. Yeah, Why not? You want to toss him to the wolves that quickly? No. I feel like- I feel like he's destined for... I mean, he's destined for failure because he's wearing a Sox uniform. But I think sending him to the big league squad that early might stunt his growth. I agree. I don't think you should do it now. I think, you know, see how he does in spring training. Yeah. Maybe put him in AAA and give him him a month or so. And if he's doing good, call him up. That brings us back to the original thing, though, then. Who we got? (laughs) Exactly. I I don't know. But again, that goes into more trades that we'll get into in a second. Because there's a trend that the Sox really did with these trades though um, yeah they don't know what they're doing <laughs> and just and Kai Bush the left handed starting pitcher is predicted to be with the White Sox on the team in some sort of capacity in 2024 next season because again he's he's looking to be ready to go as a 23 year old left handed starting pitcher I believe in AAA okay. um, the next deal that happened which happened a few days later after that which was Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly being traded Ooh. to the Dodgers. Apparently are both amazing now. Yeah. Is, is that a trend or is that a coincidence? I, no, I don't, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, the Sox ended up getting prospects. Uh, Nick Des- Nestrini, as I believe how you say his name, mm-hmm. and Jordan Leisure, both right-handed starting pitchers. And outfielder Trace Thompson. As you know, Trace he Thompson. Used to be on the White Sox. He used to be on the White Sox. Wasn't he terrible? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's and great. then he went to the and then he went to the Dodgers, and he's, he's done. Still terrible. And he's done better, <laughs> better, but he's also currently injured right now. Oh, so, that's cool. I like yeah. trading for injured players. Mm-hmm. But again, the White Sox got uh, high-end pitching prospects that are essentially ready to make their debuts or be ready to be major league players full-time next season in 2024. Um, I don't have all these young men about to lose their careers in the White Sox. Yeah, Nestrini, he was the headliner of the deal by far. He owns a 383 ERA and 51 career minor league starts. He he joined the AA Birmingham for the Sox as soon as he got here and is immediately the number five prospect in the White Sox system. (laughs) Well, the system is terrible. It is. And Jordan Leisure adds depth. Uh, he's in AAA Charlotte, and he's an old friend of Trace Thompson. Oh, God. Um, and then the next thing that happened, which actually was kind of surprising, and I was kind of surprised that they would trade him, but it all makes sense, is that Kendall Graveman, who we signed before last season, before the lockout happened, mm-hmm. Uh, with another year left of control on his contract, he got traded back to Houston, where we originally signed him from, and we received one of, I, I believe he was a top five prospect in the in the Astros organization, mm-hmm. another catcher, Corey Lee. And like right, so right off the bat with that, you have, again before, the Angels catching prospect, Edgar Cuero, and now catching prospect from the Astros, Corey Lee. And both are projected to be ready to go as Major League starters in 2024. Leave Speaking him- of uh, 
the Astros. You see the Framber Valdez got a no hitter yesterday. I I didn't see any of it. I saw the highlights this morning, but I did see the like notifications last night as it was happening. Mm-hmm. But good, you know, congratulations to him. I believe from what I saw, he's the first left-handed starting pitcher to throw a no hitter for the Astros in franchise history. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I, and he did it under a hundred pitches. Yeah, ninety-five pitches, I think. But yeah, like you, you, like you see guys now struggling to really keep the pitch counts down. Like some guys will get to a hundred pitches before they finish the fifth inning. Yeah, and you know what I say to that? Hmm. He was playing the Guardians. He was playing. <laughs> he was American play- League Central too. He was playing the Guardians, and they did just trade at that point one of their best hitters, Josh Bell, uh, to the Marlins. So yeah. they now he can go a hang out there. with uh, Burger. <laughs> you can't hang out with Burger, but like you see, kind of the pe- like again, we'll go through a few more of the trades that happened. But you already see the trend that the Sox were aiming for with these first few trades is pitching and catching. And a lot of young players, high-end players that have at least somewhat high ceilings that are ready to be everyday starters in 2024. It's not like these are guys that are three, four, five years away. Like, they're ready yeah. essentially in September or next year. You know, it, you can see that trend happening. The, the scary thing is, though, they're getting pitching and, and catching, yet they're, they have done nothing to get rid of the terrible batting. Except exactly. get rid of Jake Berger, who was powered. Exactly. And as I'm watching this, Coy Seager just hit a 2-1 bomb off of Dylan Cease. And oh, it's now 2-0 cool. two, two Rangers in the bomb of the first. <laughs> White, White Sox got a, you know, White Sox. So. Should have traded Cease to Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should have. We should have also traded Tim Anderson to the Dodgers or somebody. We should have traded like that. But that, that, that was Eloy, a real... get rid of him. That was a real, real thing. I guess that was a serious thing that almost happened was Dylan Cease being traded. The like yeah. the most like untouchable guy was almost traded legitimately. There was talks for the last like three hours before the deadline happened that Baltimore was in serious talks with the White Sox to acquire Dylan Cease. And Dylan Cease, you know, was the runner up for the Cy Young Award last season. Mm-hmm. Have an okay season, not really that good of a season, but an okay season this year. But you still got two more years of control of him after this season. So there's a, there was a lot of stock in Dylan Cease, even with kind of the down year he's having. And Baltimore was really talking about it. And the White Sox, you know, they, they asked for a real steep price. And it almost happened. And then it was going to involve... Baltimore's number one overall prospect, as well as Major League Baseball's number one overall prospect, uh, Jackson Holiday, shortstop, the the kid of um, Matt Holiday from back in. Do you remember Matt Holiday? Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, and it's his kid. Shortstop. <laughs> it's his kid, Jackson Holiday. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal, like ridiculously. He's He's projected to be on that esque superstar of like Acuna Jr. or how LED La Cruz is now. Like he's he's, he's going to be like one of those. Yeah. So the Sox were really trying to get him, but Baltimore just would not budge at all. In fairness to them, I don't know why you would because he is like the guy right now. Yeah. No, so I wouldn't do it either. And nothing nothing came through. It came down to literally the last second, and the last second Baltimore traded for Jake Flaherty from St. Louis. 
from no, St. I mean, Louis having an awful season. Yeah, I mean, I would rather have Cease than Flaherty, but at the same time, I wouldn't trade away. How much would you willing to give up for that in that yeah. situation? And plus, it's, it's going to the White Sox anyways. No. <laughs> yeah, one way or another, Cease is not going to be here because whether this off this next offseason or in two years when he becomes a free agent he's not coming back so because he's a he's a scott boris client and anyone in the baseball world knows the name scott boris scott boris is essentially the number one agent for major league baseball players and has a real good reputation of maximizing the amount of money that players get in their contracts he's very 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 good at that and which means the White Sox can't afford them exactly (laughs) because we'll get into that later about our true feelings about the White Sox but again going back to the Kendall Graven trade for Corey Lee the catching prospect it's just it's just that trend of they're going for the the, it's it looks like they're already looking to replace Yasmani Grandal and Sebi Zavala for next season with um, again, the Angels catcher Edgar Cuero and Coy Lee of the Astros system to basically be the one and two catchers for next year. So at this point, change is good, especially in that position oh, because yeah. Yasmani, awful, and Zavala, even worse. So he couldn't help but to, you know, get younger and, you know, see what happens. You know, yeah. you got a whole bunch of control. Mm-hmm. So. Why not? What the hell? Give it a shot at this point. As well as Corey Lee was actually a former roommate and teammate of Andrew Vaughn in college. Oh, they could be mediocre together. <laughs> I guess so. They definitely could. Um, also, I'm not. I don't know. I don't. I'm not exactly too sure what the name of the cartoon is. But you ever see like that claymation cartoon with a sheep? There's a you got to be more specific than that. I've, I've watched a lot of cartoons in my life. So like something the sheep or Sean oh, the you're sheep? talking about um, is it the Sean dog the and the guy? Yeah. Oh God, what is that called? I know exactly. I, I see it in my head. Oh God, what is it called? But it's a claymation with like kind of like the human human like dog and almost like an Irish or Scottish or something like that guy, and he's like solving like detective work, right? I think it's Wallace and Gromit. Wallace and Gromit. That's what you're now, right. What, now, yeah, is so, it just me or does Andrew Vaughn look exactly like the guy in Wallace and Gromit? <laughs> no, he does not. I don't know why you would think that. Come on, like, no, he's 100% because he's a white exist. guy? No. And did you look at him? They have like the same facial structure. Gr- what? Is Wallace the, the human or is Gromit the human? Or is Gromit the dog? I don't know I which think, one is. I think which. Wallace is the guy. I'm okay, wa- okay. If you look at Wallace, it's literally a twig, and that he's like, "Hey Arnold," but backwards. Hey Arnold had the football head and the tiny mouth. He has the football mouth with the tiny head. I, like, it looks. I think it looks like Andrew. You know who looks like Andrew Vaughn? Who? <laughs> my my uh, the GM at my anytime fitness that I go to. <laughs> no, That's literally, he he looks spot on, like a spitting image of Andrew Vaughn. And I and I went up to him like a month in of being there. I had to walk because him and I, you know, would talk all the time. Like he's a cool guy. He likes mm-hmm. sports. He does all the fantasy stuff. 
and I had to ask him, I'm like, okay, dude, I gotta ask you. And he's like, what? Like, he thought I was gonna ask a serious question. I'm like, no, dude, it's nothing serious, but I, I have to ask you. Has anybody ever told you that you look like Andrew Vaughn, like a spinning image? And he, and he like, goes, Who? no, no, he's the <laughs> opposite. He's like, dude, if I had a dollar, <laughs> and like all of his friends, all of his fans, like everybody that he knows, like, oh yeah, you're like Andrew Vaughn. Like it's literally a spinning image. His name is Matt. Like mm-hmm. literally he could be a twin of Andrew Vaughn. And I'm not exaggerating. Is he told me Andrew Vaughn supposed to have power too? Yes, he is. What happened to that? I mean, he's got average power. Like he's hitting like 15 s home runs. That's yeah. terrible. That's like it, second. That's like short spot, shortstop, second baseman. Oh, but you know what? In fairness to Andrew Vaughn, he is reliable. He rarely misses any games. Like he plays base. Excuse me. Plays essentially every single game of the season. Yeah. He doesn't get hurt. Knock on wood. And he's usually, you know, consistent with his numbers. It's not terrible. It's not elite. He's consistent. So give him knows. that. Give him that. But but, go, but before we move on, I wanted to tell this funny story about Matt, the GM who looks like Angel Vaughn from my Anytime Fitness. He told me he he told me that the, um, one time his his buddies they were getting all together to do the fantasy draft for mm-hmm. baseball, whatever year I think it was like last year, and they were getting you know you know pretty high <laughs> as they were doing the draft just because they were all hanging out and you know having fun mm-hmm. and one of the guys drafted Andrew Vaughn and he looked at it and he's he's gone like really really out of it he looks at it, he's going he's looking up banging voice he's like Matt I didn't know you were in here why is your <laughs> picture on you <laughs> I just thought that was kind of a funny story yeah that's pretty funny um but moving on to the next deal that happened. But now everyone knows that made at Anytime Fitness in your area smokes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, a lot of people around here do. Like, that's, that's, I don't think that's really a surprise to anybody. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, the next deal that happened, which was really kind of a shocker that, you, that we have already talked about and you alluded to, was Jake Berger. Mm-hmm. Jake Berger was traded to the Miami Marlins for left-handed starting pitcher Jake Eater. So we have the burger and the eater switching sides. Now we need a now we need a drinker. We need we have Jake Burger, we have Jake Eater, now we need Drake uh Jake Drinker. There you go. <laughs> Baduch, I'm here all night. Um my jokes are great. Shut up. <laughs> I know Christian, I know you're listening to this. Shut up. We need to get my you joke, a soundboard. My, my, <laughs> my jokes are great. Um this was really kind of a shocker to everybody because we what we had talked about before was like Jake Burger was really the only one besides Luis Raba Jr. to be producing on this team. Mm-hmm. Only one I liked, to be honest with you. Uh, like everybody, like Kevin's Kevin has talked about on here of like he Jake Burger is his favorite player by far, yeah. bar uh-huh. none. Nobody comes close. And I know, Kev, Kev, like we alluded to, Kev's been gone for the last like three days for a business conference, so he's been really MIA the last three days. But business, I, I, <laughs> I did see some of his texts that he was devastated to see that Jake Berger was gone. But yeah. in fairness to the White Sox, business-wise, in fairness to them, they actually made a really good move with this deal. They sold high with Jake Berger. Should have traded Eloy. <laughs> he should have, but nobody's gonna want want him because he's always injured. Same um, with Moncada. Same with Moncada. So the White Sox ended up getting again left-handed pitcher Jake Eater. 
And a few years ago, I want to say before the 21 season, like Jake Eater was considered to be one of the best left, if not the best left-handed uh, prospect, left-handed starting pitcher prospect in baseball. What happened? But he had Tommy John surgery, oh, no. surgery in 21. So he was out all of 21. And last year he was okay. And this year he's been doing pretty, pretty good. He brings, he's 24. He brings a 260 ERA with a 1.1 whip in 24 career minor league starts. And coming into the minor league, um, to the White Stock system, he was the Marlins' number four ranked prospect in their system before being traded. And if you know anything about Miami, Miami is elite in drafting and developing starting pitching. They yeah. are phenomenal at it. And to get a guy like this that was once regarded as the best left-handed starting pitcher in MLB farm systems to now being traded for Jake Berger. If you would have said two years ago, we're trading Jake Berger for Jake Eater, you everybody thought you were insane. But yeah, now but that was two years ago. It was two years ago. But at the same time, you also have to be fair about Jake Berger is that is he having a great year and has a great story from tearing his ACL twice and covering and coming back and all that is a great story. Yeah. Is he doing great? Yeah. Is it sustainable? We don't really know. Well, they never gave him a chance. No, you're they right. They finally gave him a chance, and he's got you're... like twenty something home runs. But at the at again at at the point of the White Sox, think of it as a business standpoint. You're selling high with an unproven asset that's having a great year that most likely can't produce to that level again. Maybe he will, and that's just the risk you have to take in this in this business and in this sport. That'd be a very but, White Sox thing to do. But at the same time, the White Sox don't have left-handed starting pitching. Like, they they don't. They simply don't. And it's, it's something yeah. that they desperately need. They also don't and, have left-handed power bats. It, 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 there's a lot of things they don't have, but you can't fix everything all at one point. It, it's all steps at a time. But to, for them to get a very highly regarded left-handed pro, uh, starting pitching prospect that was once regarded as the best left-handed starting prospect for somebody like Jake Berger, that's not a bad deal. That's honestly a really good deal on the White Sox part. Yeah. Selling high with Jake Berger. I wish it wasn't Jake Berger, but that's kind of the risk you have to take with that. I guess when you're the White Sox and you know you can't spend any money on any players because you're too cheap, then well, that's what you got to do. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Kind of and destined then... for always being mediocre and terrible. And just trying the same thing over and over again for never to what, work. And what's the, never trade getting rid of anybody? What's the definition of insanity, Juan? Uh, Juan. I don't know why I called you liking Juan. the White Sox. <laughs> I apologize for calling you Juan. That's my brother-in-law. I don't know why, because he actually just texted me. That's why. Um, Dean, <laughs> what is the definition of insanity? Being called Juan. <laughs> The definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that is what the White Sox have done and have been doing for the last three, four, five years. Because they do not want. They do not want to win. Ha 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 ha. We're all weak as. Our jokes are good. If the podcast, doesn't, go, this, if yeah, the podcast gotta, doesn't work out, we got stand up comedy in the 
Yeah, you, you joined this podcast thinking it'd be about sports, but really it's a bunch of jokes. That's all a bunch of really bad puns. <laughs> <laughs> Bazinga. Um, <laughs> um, a real small deal that they made was the White Sox got Luis uh, Patino from the Tampa Bay Rays for cast consideration. I mean, he, it's just another bullpen arm for them. White Sox um, best prospect, cash considerations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give that, give him a bat. Um, I mean, Chicago, like the White Sox, all taking a fly on Patino because it says he was once Luis Patino was once the number twenty three ranked prospect in all of baseball. What's at again, one point? What the Sox love doing is going for once was. <laughs> They, they they do love doing that. They do love doing that. Because they can't afford the actual good guys. They try and go for the guys that once were something. Mm-hmm. It's kind he of was, our memo. He was once the number number 23 ranked prospect in all of baseball. He's from Columbia. Uh, he well, put together a, a really good season in the big league level at 2021, but has since endured a drastic drop-off. Oh. Uh, he will now be tasked... The White Sox will now be tasked to fix... The fireball hurler trying to fix the 23 year old who has a 6.75 ERA Oof. in 45 and a third innings in Triple A this season. That's not good. That is not good. <laughs> sounds like a White Sox guy. It definitely sounds like it. He was honestly, once really, really good, and he's bad because he's cheap. Let's I mean, get him. Honestly, call him up right now. What do we have to lose? I think he's already on the team. Is he? What's his name? Uh, Luis Patino. Right, I'll be looking for him. Um, he might be in AAA because it says that he was in AAA this season, so he might be down there. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, just call him up. Why not? Who cares? Honestly, the the, the entire White Sox team is a bunch of overpaid crybabies. They should just all sit them and just play the entire AAA team. <laughs> this point, probably wouldn't hurt. Um, who cares? Why not? Let let these kids get a shot. You know, the real I think team that- doesn't want to be there. I so. think that's what's going to happen in September when they bring up more call-ups. I think because by then, like the Sox are going to lose ninety-plus games at this point. That's going to be a they're going oh, yeah. to like, they might lose a hundred. They yeah, honestly they might, might not win another game the rest of the season. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, nah, I can see it happening. They're going to lose sixty-two games of some, some odd in a row. Yeah, that's a very White Sox thing to do. They already lost what? How did they lose ten games in a row this year? They lost ten when in they row. were trying. And then uh, they recently had, what, a six-game skid that they had yeah. before this I mean, deadline? They, they could lose 10 in a row while trying with arguably the most talent in the American League Central. They could definitely lose 62 in a row not trying. Oh, easily. Um, the last deal that the Sox made literally minutes before the trade deadline happened at 5 o'clock Central yesterday as we record this uh, August 1st was the Yankees are now receiving another bullpen off from the Sox who's having a good year, Keenan Middleton, for right-handed prospect from the Yankees, uh, Juan Carlella, I think is how Mm -hmm. you say his name. Um, The White Sox, again, received a lottery ticket in Carrella. 21-year-old, has a 367 ERA in 17 games, 16 of them starts at high A, for the Yankees this season. He was the Yankees' number 29-ranked prospect in MLB Pipeline. So, you know, it's 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 trading a basically a spring training invite in Keenan Middleton, who's having a breakout year in a sense for him. Yeah, it makes sense for the guy that's out, doing good. 
taking a lottery ticket on a Yankees top 30 prospect. So I, there's really not much more to talk about there because Keenan Middleton, again, Keenan Middleton was, you know, just bouncing around. He was a spring training invite, didn't technically have a contract and playing from league minimum and he's having a great year and now he gets to go to, I, I still say a contender for the Yankees. They're still in last place in the AL East, but that AL East is loaded. It's, it's a scary division. It is scary. And I know the Yankees, I, I, I can look real quick at where they are in the standings, but I know the Yankees are going to be vying for wildcard spot in the American League. Well, but yeah, if you, it's funny to look at the American League Central where even, you know, the best team is arguably uh, just no one is trying in our division. And they are all very much aware of that. Everyone is very aware of that. Yeah, the Yankees are 55 and 52. They're 11 games back of first place Baltimore and last place in the AL East. But they're not that far back from the last wild card spot. Currently, Tampa Bay, Houston, and Toronto have the three wild card spots in the American League. Then you have Boston two games back, Seattle three games back, and the Yankees three and a half back, with the Angels as well three and a half back. The American League wildcard is going to be really interesting, and the National League wildcard is going to be really interesting. Everything's really close there. Disco Philly and Milwaukee with the final three spots in the wildcard for the National League, with Arizona a half game back, Miami a half game back, the Cubs three games back, and San Diego four games back. So, these next two months are going to be quite fun to watch. And I, I also, I also just last night, I kind of gave in, and I thought the odds are really good. And I said, "What the hell?" The I put a, I put a bet on the Cubs win the division in the National League Central. Put a, uh, put twenty bucks down, and it, it was odds. I think it was like plus four seventy. And I'm like, you know, what the hell? I'm like, man, why not? They traded for Jamal Candelario, who's having a really good season. Former Cubs player, third baseman. Just hitting the ball everywhere, great defensively, and helps fill out the lineup. I, if the Cubs were really going to go for it, they really should have gotten more pitching. Yes, they should have gotten the bullpen help. <laughs> I would have traded him for Nick Madrigal. Hell no. Hell, I would have traded him for anything. I, you're not serious, are you? Right? I hope you're. I would have done this. No, I would have done it. Why not? You are. I. I know you're being speak. I know you are. There's no way you believe that. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you believe that. Comes what I have you left in the Sox rotation. Um, Dylan Cease, Michael. Oh Kopech. no, I would have traded for Kopech. God, nope. he's going to want Kopech at this point because he's, yeah, he's proven to not do magical. it. Put him where? What do you mean, put him where? We have, we need, we have no infielders. Put him at third. We have Moncada right behind. Moncada's not going to play second base. Throw the ball to, to Sharks. Pay him too much money. Honestly. Not Honestly, in this league. You can't we just... should just kick Moncada off the team. <laughs> They and pay, still pay him his 20 plus million this year and next year that you owe him because next year well, after next season he's a free agent his contract's up I wasn't the, the idiot who gave him that big of a contract before he did anything no <laughs> uh, 
as we currently see, as I'm looking at the standings, the White Sox are as as the game in front of me. The White Sox are 43 and 65, 22 games under 500, 12 nice. games back of first place, Minnesota. And, yeah, what's Minnesota's record? Um, 55 and 53. That's and funny. as a comparison, the Yankees are in last place in the AL. 55 and 52. Yeah, they're a so half game better than the first place Minnesota Twins in last place. That's yeah, hilarious. That's that is hilarious. Um, the Sox literally just needed to be 500 or better, and they couldn't even do that. Yeah, no. with the talent they had, after being told, "Yeah, we'll just rebuild for seven years, then we'll win, and then what do we because do? He... We rebuilt, and then we got the best we could do is a first round exit in the wild card." So. Really, like, looking at this this team now, is that Rick Hahn, Rick Hahn did, you know, as he usually does, a press conference, not say press conference, but he was in the dugout and he met the media after the trade deadline, as he's done for the last few years, and he talked about everything that happened. And the thing with him is that I, I don't know if this is him talking, I don't know if this is, like, Jerry and the upper upper brass telling him to say this, but he was out there and he sounded pretty confident, like, oh yeah, we plan to contend in 2024. He didn't specify whether that was for everything, as in the World Series or just the division. He didn't really specify that. But he did say that the White Sox plan to contend in 2024. Well, that's now, why they're gonna roll out the exact same lineup. Well, the thing is, is that again, now here's what I see is that I can see where he would think that. Because again, we have Dylan Cease as a pitcher, Michael Kopech as a pitcher, and you have most likely, at least in my opinion of what I think they're going to do, is they're going to transition Garrett Crochet into a starting pitcher. Because Garrett Crochet was the original. We also have, uh, I forgot his name. Um, Are you talking about Noah Schultz? No. Prospect? No, our other pitcher, the guy who throws stuff at his children. <laughs> Mike Clevenger. Yeah, he's, we still have that guy. He looks like for this he's year cracked it, out every game. He's on a one-year deal, so most we'll, likely he's not coming we'll back. We'll get rid of him. Thank goodness, because who wants to root for <clears> that guy? And then we'll pick up another very mediocre, cheap, crappy player, just like him. maybe. But spot. the thing is, is that if you look at this team, there's a lot of things that need to go their way, but there is a way that the Sox can contend if you really, like if you look at it in a yeah, way. Well, they need and to get depth. They need to get a new third baseman. They need hold to get on, hold on, hold a on, hold second on. base. They need to get an outfielder. Hold on, hold on. They need to find somebody to be in there when Moncada and Eloy's hips give out. So and an evil play. Okay, out, okay. Liam Let, Hendricks the, now has oh by the way, Liam Hendricks had Tommy John surgery. Yes, that, that's also another kick in the nuts for everything that's happened with this team is that literally about an Better hour and a half them. before we started recording, the White Sox announced that Liam Hendricks today had successful Tommy John surgery and is out for the next 12 to 14 months. So he's which, gone. Which means that he's out for this year completely and most likely completely out for next year. And if you want to think about... Though? After next season, do we so, have to? So, so I'm we, not too sure how this works because he's going to be out next season with Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he he gets another season after that? Nope. 
Okay. Well, at least that's good because then we're not going to be stuck with him for another year. So we're still going to have to pay him his money, though. He's still owed however much. I think it's like yeah, 15 well, to plus a million or something of, like that. It's kind of just like, you know, karma coming back at Reinsdorf for being well, so cheap. Well, it's because they, they kind of they rushed him back from yeah. his 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 cancer treatments. He like he got diagnosed in January. He was able to completely become again in remission in like March from stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is remarkable in and of itself. But then they completely just rushed him back way too quick. He didn't build up his arm for all of spring training and the beginning of the season. He came back and was just rushed into it. You know, and but in least fairness to him, he's one of those guys that will just go at it and not care about the consequences. He wants to pitch, he wants to play, and that's just who he is. But at the same time, he comes back for about two, three weeks, and then he goes on the injured list because his forearm was hurting. And now we learn today that he needed Tommy John surgery because he absolutely messed up his arm because he rushed back too quick and did too high much of quantity. And once it, again, the it, White it Sox him in the butt. Not, not being able to run a good training staff and keeping their players healthy. So going back to how the White Sox can contend. Now let's 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 go through each position. Okay, in, well, in, let me in, let me, in, in, let me in, go grab reality. my tinfoil hat right now from oh. the side over here. Can I speak? Please? And then I'm gonna go ahead and grab my my ring pop and just start sucking on it so i'm ready let's for let's go through each position in, mm, oh, in, I'm a, rea- in a reality in a reality sense of who's going to play next season for them mm-hmm. ben attendee he's going to be in left field he'll That's, get one again, home run all year luis robert is going to be your center fielder when he's healthy right field is kind of up in it if if it's not Nobody. oscar colas we oh, don't great. have a right fielder <laughs> we don't third, have one that's good third base Shortstop no, is going to be Tim Well, he's I'm just got, saying, if everybody's healthy, who's <laughs> be at those positions? Right, so it's cool. We'll have, a, we'll have a third baseman for about two months. Then Tim Mankata, Anderson is going to be doing bat flips with if his he hits non-spaghetti dinners. The Sox pick up his team option for next season, which most likely they will because... Colson Montgomery, their number one prospect, is not is not ready to take over the shortstop range. So I would imagine they're at least going to keep Tim Anderson for another year and then figure out what to do with him afterwards. So you Tim Anderson, you have to go sign those players. So Tim Anderson's going to be the shortstop. Okay. Second base is Jesus Christ. Second base is essentially up in the nobody. air. Nobody. Zach Remillard. We got absolutely is, nobody. No, Zach yeah, Remillard is be great. okay, but like, no, we'll bring uh, Romy Gonzalez and Remillard back out there, and then they can so, just like have fun and sing Kubaya. Maybe they could put a little campfire out in the outfield with our non-existent left fielder or right fielder. Tell, tell everybody how you really feel. <laughs> so second base is up in the air. Just first don't let Moncada near the campfire. He might burn himself and then be first. Out first base is going to be Andrew Vaughn. And then yes. DH should be Eloy, but with the White Sox, they're probably going to put him in right field unless they get somebody else. But for the sake of this, I mean, the, Eloy's the Eloy's going to be the DH. Eloy and, gets hurt like walking. Yes, but Eloy's going to be the DH. Yeah. So now like we're now we're left with the catcher and starting pitching, as we mentioned before. Yeah, the starting pitchers see, are going to be 
Cease, mm-hmm. Kopech, and most likely Crochet. I'm not too sure about that. But let's just say for this argument, it's, it's Crochet. It's, so once again, though, we have no depth. We need and two more starting we, And we're missing like three position players. Mm-hmm. And then Catcher is going to be up in the air, most likely, because Grandal's going to be gone. And Savala has clearly proven over the last few seasons and shouldn't be playing every day. He's he's good defensively. I'll give him that. He's good defensively. So he'd be used for a backup starting role for catcher. So catcher's up in the air. And then, again, we talk about starting pitching. So with the guys that they all got in these trades, again, from what we talked about was the trend was a lot of these are high-end ranked prospects in the respective teams that they came from that are ready to play in 2024. So it sounds like they have young players to come up to be starting pitchers like Noah Schultz, like Jake Edgar, like any of the other guys that they got from these deals to fill out those last two starting pitcher spots. And then Mm -hmm. for catching, again, you got Corey Lee and Edgar Quarrell that that are most likely going to replace Yasmani and Sebi Zavala for the catchers of one and two with Edgar probably being the number one guy with Corey Lee behind him, switching out at DH from time to time, most likely. Because it sounds like Corey Lee has a good power swing behind him. Yeah, and then by July, we will have the only players starting will be Andrew Vaughn. Uh, we do not know second base yet. Mm-hmm. Possibly Tim Anderson. He might have a home run by then. We don't know. Um, Benintendi will also be tied with Tim Anderson for no home runs. Luis Roberts should be there. And then that's really about it because Eloy and Mankata are going to be hurt. So once again, going into this offseason, you need a right fielder. You need a second baseman. If you want to go out and sign starting pitching, it looks like there's not going to be really that Yes, you need depth, and I think that helps with the trades that they got with these high-end prospects. But if you want to use those high-end prospects as depth, then you need to go out and sign somebody or trade for somebody. But they will fourth and fifth started. But they but, need they need like player depth. They need hitting depth. They need power. They need a lot of things, and that's why, again, in a sense, I can see where Rick Hahn would think of like we can contend, and theoretically they could. Because once again, the yes. things that happened last year that happened last year, yeah. And how, did everyone, that, how did that work for them? Everyone had career lows last year, and again, it, and it got it's even worse this to, year. Exactly. So, so eventually, you got to think to yourself: maybe they just suck. They, I, I don't think it's talent wise. No, I suck. don't. I don't think it's talent wise. <laughs> they don't care. I, I think they don't want to be there. They don't, and that's the thing. I think that's where it comes in. Is that I don't think it's talent. I don't think it's a talent issue. There's too much talent on this team for it to be like this. Eloy should be a 40 home run hitter. He plays. Luis Robert should. Luis Robert should be a five tool all star like he is doing this year. Mancada should be a great defensive 20 plus home run hitter, and, and Tim Anderson should be a good defensive fast. You know, 10, 15 home run shortstop. That's really good. Vaughn should be a 30 home run hitter. Like, all these guys should be this. This is not just us talking as diehard Sox fans. Like, these guys should be this. Ask anybody that watches this this team or really is a fan of baseball in any sense. Everyone says this. 
that they all should be this. But there's just something that's not gelling well with this team. And I don't think there's any conclusive thing to tell us what it is. We can all make assumptions. Exactly what it is. Well, again, we can all make assumptions of what it is. But most, like, most likely of what it is, is the ownership. And it's all trickling down from Jerry and Kenny and Rick that are running this this boat and they are driving the Titanic into the iceberg. They are. And I feel like they're delusional at this point. Now let me let me ask they you. are delusional. Let me, they were always let, delusional. Let me ask let me ask you, Dean. For you at work, <laughs> if you were if you had a job, what from what your job is. If I have, had a job, if, okay. If you have from what your job is, and you have a certain quota that you need to make at the after every single calendar year or work year, whatever it is, time frame from June to June, whatever it is, you have a certain quota that you need to make, and you had the same exact job for twenty five years, like like Kenny Williams. I'm gonna use him as an example, like Kenny Williams, for twenty five years. But seven of those twenty-five years, you actually I think you still you would still have your job. No, I think I would have been fired a while ago. A long, long, long time ago, either fired or like you said, demoted. Or the company, or if I had as high of a position as Kenny, then the whole company might have went out of business. Yeah, you ask any sort of normal job or any sort of job anywhere. Doesn't matter if it's if it's a normal job, whether you're a garbage man or you're a CEO of a business. If if you are successful in seven out of the twenty-five years, I don't even think it is seven. I think it's actually five, if I think yeah. correctly. Like five seasons out of twenty-five, you're not keeping your job. No, clearly you can't successfully. Like oh yeah, well we won the World Series. That was a pop up. It was. Mm-hmm. I hate that I have to talk bad about the only World Series that we've had in the modern era that I don't even remember watching because I didn't even I wasn't even introduced to baseball at that point. Like you can't use that as a linchpin because it's just not fair. If you look at that going into that season, every single reporter and statistics said that the Sox that season were going to finish in fourth in their division. And everyone had career years, and everything just went perfectly well, and they won it all, and that's great. And nobody that's can what ever clinging on to. Nobody can ever take that away from them. But the thing is, you can't just use that as a lenient pin. You can't. That's you can't. And that's what they do. And and again, from everything I've heard, Jerry Reinsdorf is a wonderful human being from treating people. And being loyal to them, paying kindness to the heart. But no, but no. You ask anybody. As a human being, he's one of the good ones. True to his heart. There's a lot of people that have said that. Cheap. They, that <laughs> he's ruined the Bulls. Again, as a human being, treating people well and compensating them. Have nothing without Jordan. He is a good man. Besides that, as a, a little too loyal, man, yes, as maybe. as a businessman, yes, as a businessman, one of the worst ever. In forty-five years of owning the White Sox and the Bulls, he has one baseball title, and if he didn't have Jordan, he would not have any basketball titles. That's just a fact. 
and Jordan had to fall to him. Yeah, they got they lucked out getting Michael Jordan in that draft. Without Michael Jordan, one championship in forty five years of owning two professional teams. Yeah, he's one of the worst owners ever, not just in baseball but in sports. Now there have been owners in the past in sports that are just you know the devil themselves, horrible, cheap, just. Dan Snyder. Yes, Dan Snyder. So, like, he, again, as a human being, phenomenal. Treats everybody with respect and and is very, very, is a very, very good and good, like, honest and great man. As a businessman, awful. Terrible. Does not do his job well at all. Mm. And at this, like, again... I keep saying again. I'm sorry if I keep saying again all the time. No, it's okay. But, but Jerry Reinsdorf is, what, 86, 87, yeah. something like that. He's not going to want to do a full rebuild again. I said this in a few episodes ago, about a month ago or so. I predicted that after this trade deadline, it would have been announced that Rick and Kenny were both going to be gone. And that Jerry was going to put the team up for sale at the end of the season. And he was going to announce that he would. I, at this point, from what I've heard from Rick Hahn, I don't think that's going to be a thing. Maybe no, he's be, never going to sell the team. I, I have to think after next year that they will. No. He like I, he just I, but, I don't know he's just, I, I, he's stubborn. I keep thinking like it, it makes logical sense. It it makes logical sense for them to do that, but as you pointed out, they're not going to because it's Jerry. He's not going to sell the team, and the team won't change hands and won't truly change until he dies. And that's just kind of the unfortunate fact about it. But I'm not going to wish that on anybody. No, I don't wish him to die. I don't wish any harm on him of any kind. But the reality is that nothing's going to change until he either gives the keys to somebody else or he dies. And it's forced to change hands. So... Until that happens, nothing's really going to change on this team. And as I'm watching this, Dylan Cease just got taken out from finishing an inning and two-thirds. It is, oh, the bottom of, it is the bottom of the second in Texas, and the Sox are losing 7 to nothing. What Time a... to bring in uh, those, new, uh, those new prospects, you know? Honestly, might as well. So, I think now is the time... Teach them how to lose young. From... <laughs> Now is the time for us, Juan. I, why do I keep saying Juan? Why? I'm so sorry. Why do I keep saying Juan? Dean. It's, it's all right. Dean, I, I apologize. Jesus, I'm I'm horrible. I'm so horrible. You're, you're going to hold this against me for, forever. I know. No. I know. Okay, Dean. Mm-hmm. I think now is the time to really just air grievances out for the White Sox. We've kind of been promoting this for the last two, three episodes of like, we're gonna, just going to let everything fly. So you have the floor to say whatever you want to Rick, Kenny, Jerry, any of the players, anything. You have free reign. Don't hold back. Go nuts. I like how you give me the reign to do this as soon as I hear people outside my door. 
I totally didn't do that on purpose. No, I, I, I didn't hear. But go, I mean, go nuts. Tell I everybody how you truly feel. I mean, I think you could tell throughout this recording how I feel about the White Sox. I haven't really been holding back that much. It's just the, the, they're going to do what they do best. They are going to not fix anything, go into the season, ignoring all their issues. They're going to go sign some crappy middle-of-the-road guys just to plug a hole for a year that really costs no money and are going to do absolutely They're going to be average. That's what they do. They're going to choose average players to fill holes on their very below-average team. And they're just not going to fill. In, or they're just going to pull up random young guys that aren't ready yet and the team is going to underachieve significantly. The team will never win and they're just that's it they're just they're never gonna win they're, they can't they can't compete they don't have the payroll they don't have the the ownership they don't have they they just don't have anything it is hard to watch them i think all season i've probably watched one full Sox game and that is sad because i i baseball is probably the white Sox out of all the sports teams in chicago is probably my favorite and this year, I've probably watched maybe, if I'm lucky, one full size game. So that just says what you know. Man, where do where do I even begin to talk about this? It's <clears throat> the thing of like you mentioned, like you mentioned just now, like they don't have a paywall. Like they do. Like they they, they pay, just waste it. They they do. They pay in the wrong aspects like they have a payroll of 187 million dollars this year which is about one is which is about a half a player on the yankees <laughs> honestly and the mess but ball are doing right now you know they're, yeah they're... but the thing is that that that's that's an anomaly that's an anomaly like, it is the an socks if they like like hey let's look at the cubs if the socks went out this offseason and got a player like Let's, they needed a shortstop slash second baseman. They got Dansby Swanson. Well, they would be better if they got a Cody Belger, who was who was supposed to be bad this year. And it was a proven year. For like, him. Let's be honest. No one thought he'd be good, and they signed him to a very friendly deal. But no, they didn't do that. Instead, they signed a guy that has one home run. Because you know why? Because they figured they just figured it would be safe and cheap. And I feel like the the draft and development team sucks. Just awful. Blows. Like when was the last time they they drafted and developed a phenomenal player? Never. I, I can give you two. I can give you Chris Sale and Frank Thomas. But that's two guys that they drafted and developed and became really good players. In 35 years, two players, 35 yes. years. What does that say? It says what you need to know about the White Sox. The draft and developing Chris Getz that runs the whole essential farm system and minor league systems. I I love that you know Chris Getz was a former player and he's real he's really nice and a great human, but like he can't do his job well either. No. It, again, it trickles down. It trickles down from the top and the bottom. And, like, if I'm going to go off on a rant right here, I'm going to go off on a rant right here, and I'm going to go from from Rick to Kenny 
to Jerry. I'm going to start with Rick. Rick Hahn, where do I begin with you? You've been with the White Sox organization for 30 years, some odd, something like that, 25 years. You've worked your way up from wherever you started all the way up to being the general manager of a professional baseball team, an MLB team. There's only 30 jobs. There's only there's only 30 slots, and you got one of them. Congratulations to you. But the thing is, I don't I can't tell if this is him being hold held back from Kenny and Kenny and Jerry, or this is him. Because the way he talks and talks about we just need to be healthy. We just need to have guys do the do what they need to do. We can compete next year in 2024. I don't know if he's trying to to convince himself or us. I don't know. I don't know if he's trying to just speak it into an existence and it will become a reality. I don't know. But a lot of this of it's like last two seasons before this trade deadline, he would sit in the dugout with the media and say, well, we tried and there wasn't a deal that worked for us and it just wouldn't make sense. And like, no, bullshit. That's not good enough. You can't tell us that you tried. Trying's not good enough. It's as need results. In Little League, trying is good enough because it's about having fun and being with your friends and playing a great game and trying and having fun. You're a professional baseball GM that's there to make money and win. Trying's not good enough. You have to do it. And as we pointed out with any other job in the scenario, if you're in the same position for 25 years and it succeeded five of those years, you probably would have lost your job a long time ago. A long time ago. But because it's Jerry Reinsdorf, he's very, very, very loyal to a fault. And Jerry, uh, excuse me, Rick and Kenny have kept their jobs. I, I like to believe that Rick Hahn is doing the best that he can and is, at, and is good at his job. I like to think that he is, but he's being held back predominantly by Jerry and Kenny because Kenny now go to Kenny Williams, Kenny Williams, who was the former GM and then got moved up to president of baseball operations. He loves, he loves to boast. Oh yeah, I'm still here. And I'm still very much a part of everything that happens here. He loves to, he loves to talk about that. But when it comes to doing interviews and it comes to actually being accountable for things when they don't go right, crickets. Mm-hmm. Nowhere yeah. to be found. Nowhere to be found. But as soon as somebody questions him on if, if what he does matter, I matter. I'm still here. I am a factor in here. He loves to, you know, big slong energy and just be like, well, I'm here, guys. I'm important. Shut up. Like, honestly. <laughs> and, and then you get to Jerry. Jerry Reinsdorf, as we have mentioned, if he did not have Michael Jordan, would have one professional sports championship in 45 years of owning two professional sports teams. Horrible. Horrible. Horrifically bad. 
and you don't deserve to be in the position that you are. You simply don't. All three of them simply do not deserve to be in there. And if they actually firmly believe that they can compete and they're actually better than what they are and what they're doing is good enough, you're delusional. You're horrible at your job. You don't deserve to be there because you, seven years ago, you told us fans, we're going to do a full rebuild. We're going to trade everybody. We're going to get the best prospects in the league. We're going to build this team up. We're going to spend money and we're going to get championships. They didn't say championship, championships, multiple. <laughs> we waited. We went through that whole rebuild process in 2016. Traded away Adam Eaton, Chris Sale, all of our relievers, all of a sudden, like everybody, traded everybody. We're horrible. 100 losses for three straight years. Drafted, play like top five. Larry ran- Garcia. <laughs> we had top five draft positions and multiple drafts. And we went out and we we got we traded for prospects like Eloy, like Dylan Cease, like Mancata. We signed international players like Luis Robert, and they signed them all to long-term team-friendly deals because they thought they were all gonna peak in a few years. So these deals would be bargains. And we get to the pandemic season, and there's clearly holes that they need to fill, like right field. At second base, and they never did. And then the same thing happened to 21, and they didn't address those issues with starting pitcher depth, right field, second base, and bullpen help. And then 22 happened, and the same exact thing happened. And now 23 is happening, and the same exact thing is still happening. The same exact thing. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same exact thing and expecting different results. They're literally doing insanity. They're literally doing the exact same thing, and it's not working. And until they wake up and get their head out of their asses, this is not going to change. I don't care how much you, in quotes, say you're retooling and getting high-end prospects that are going to be ready for 2024. It doesn't matter. This is clearly not working. Bjorn Mankata can't stay healthy on the field, and when he is, he sucks. Eloy can't stay on the field, because, and then when he is, he sucks. I don't know what's going on with Eloy Jimenez. I don't know what his training regimen is or how he prepares for games, but it clearly needs to change because he's, he's the stretch. worst out of. He can't. He can't stay on the field for the life of him. And then when he runs, he tweaks a hammy and is out for a month. And then he's saying a day later, "I feel good and ready to go," but 15-day injured less. So that sucks there. You got Tim Anderson, who's having off-the-field issues, just hit his first home run a week ago. In July, the end of July, hit his first home run of the year. We have no second baseman. Andrew Vaughn's kind of plateaued and kind of being average. We now no no longer have any catchers. We don't have any starting pitchers. Yasmani Grandal's ass. We have no right fielder, no second. Like, this has been the same exact thing for three years. And we tell you, you clearly need to do this. You clearly need to do this. It, it's point blank in front of you. It. I don't know what's restricting you from doing this. It's not like I'm asking you to go spend $300 million on four different players. Each at $300 million. That's not what we're asking you to do. 
go out and get competent players that can actually play the position. Stop getting DHs that need to convert to don't have outfielders. Get a right fielder. Get a second baseman. That's actually a right fielder and second baseman. Get credit to them. They actually got some catching prospects that look to be replacing Grandal and Sevi Zavala next year. Credit to them. They actually got catchers. But there's so many things that just aren't working. And until you actually get your heads out of your asses, nothing's going to change. It's not. And it sucks because, like you mentioned, we love this team. I, if anybody ever comes up to us or comments on here that says we're bandwagoners and we're going to leave them when we're bad and we'll come back when they're good, you need to shut your mouth because we live and die by this team. Again, I've only known you for a few years, Dean, so I, I guess I can't really speak for you in that sense. But for me, I grew up with this. This is my life. This is the whole reason I got bullied in school because of how much I love baseball and the White Sox. This no, is my can't. this is my everything, dude. I live looks, and die by this team. Looks like we need to thank our uh, parents for raising us as Sox fans. Well, <laughs> in fairness to my dad, my dad was both because his his mom grew up a diehard Cubs fan, and he you know he he just he always liked ball. He never really picked sides. <laughs> but it's just like this is this is this is my first love, besides <laughs> besides my family and. Professional wrestling and baseball are my number ones. They yeah. are. Like I don't think of them as number one or two. Like they are both like they are my things in life. Yeah. Those those are what I love truly most in this world, besides obviously my family and friends. And for me to have gone through seven years of my life, when they started this rebuild, I was finishing high school. And all the way till this point, now at 25 years old, I'm going to turn 26 years old in about three weeks. From I'm being 18 years old to 26, sitting through all of this, and for it to all be for essentially nothing, hurts me genuinely inside. Like physically hurts me to go through all of this. Be faces. We're going to win. We're going to win the World Series. We well, It's World Series or bust. And look at where we are now. Just lied to. L- yeah. Literally lied to. And it seems like Rick, Kenny, and Jerry don't care. No. If well, they do. The same thing. If they do. If they do care. It's not good enough. And they clearly don't know what to do. They don't know how to do their jobs. They do know how to do their jobs, but not good enough, not effectively. They can't. It's like you can't sit there and tell me that this team is good because it's not. No. The 22 games under 500 in the worst division in baseball. You can't and sit there and tell close. me you you can't sit there and tell me that you guys have put a good team on this field because it's not. And even if it is good talent-wise, it's not meshing well. It doesn't work. Everything it needs to be new and fresh. Think of the Bears. The Bears had the same exact, essentially, ownership and man, excuse me, management, for decades, and it was just mud in the water, for decades and decades and decades. 
And finally, they got the guys that they had in there for years, and they brought in Ryan Pauls, and then they brought in Kevin Warner, and they let those two guys that actually have good backgrounds that are from outside the organization run this team, and now it's new. It's fresh. It's a different way of doing it. They actually have a new stadium coming. The Bears are exciting. Hopefully. When was the last time anybody ever said that the Bears were exciting? When can you ever remember that? I know. I've never heard anyone say the White Sox are exciting. And it, this, this White Sox team is nothing's going to change until the management is done. It's That's as simple as that. And reigns get taken over from whoever... From Jerry down, from the ownership down, nothing's going to change on this team. <laughs> because they clearly won't spend money to bring in high-end players. Because what uh, I don't know why. They won't. They won't. They don't have the farm system to trade for big-time players. Because the draft and development team is awful. So they can't go out and trade players. And then the guys that they do draft and trade for and or sign don't pan out because they're not top-of-the-line elite guys. Like Shohei Otani, for example. Clearly, Shohei Otani is going to be the number one free agent target this offseason by a mile. Why on earth are the White Sox not interested in them? They are in Chicago, the third biggest city in the country. They have multiple revenue streams, not as much as the as the Cubs. In fan Cubs, they they are very good in the business end of making money there. But the White Sox still make a lot of money, regardless of how this team does. Mm-hmm. Going after the high-end free agents. The White Sox have never signed anybody to a hundred-plus million-dollar uh, contract. Never. That's awful and stupid and pathetic. You can draft and develop all you want, but like until you go out and get the at least a elite guy to carry this team, it nothing's going to happen. They did the drafting well. They did the developing well for this team. But they half-assed it because they didn't go out and get the cornerstone guy. They didn't go out and get a guy like an esque of Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or Zach Wheeler or Which Trey they Turner. Could have had Manny they Machado. could have. They could have. But they simply didn't. Dansby Swanson. This this rebuild was never finished. Trey Turner. It never finished. And so it failed. You know why? Miserably. It because they, did, they got to the part where they needed to pay. Yep. And they couldn't. Not that they couldn't. They didn't. They didn't. They simply would not. They could. They could have. They, they really could have. Realistically. But they chose not. For whatever because reasons. Because I don't know why. For whatever reason. They decided they... to toss in random, just no-name players batting 210. It's just, it's, it's, it's just so <clears throat> disappointing. I'm more disappointed than anything. Because I wasted almost a decade of my life for this rebuild and it was for nothing and that's why I just don't watch their games this year and I now better, honestly. 
And now they're essentially going through a minor rebuild right now and telling us to do it all over again. This would be the third rebuild that Rick and Kenny are going to go through. Normally, for any other team, they do a rebuild and it failed one time. Those guys are gone. In a hot <laughs> Not for this, this is going to be the third time that they're going to do another rebuild and the same guys are in control. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. What does fool me th- tw- uh, three times mean? Then never fool I'm me an, again. I'm an idiot. That's what three times mean. Rick Hahn clearly does not know how to do his job effectively well when signing and trading for players. Kenny Williams loved to just show off everything and, and say that he's a part of this, but he clearly can't do his job. And then Jerry it restricts everyone in doing their job to the most effective that they can because he refuses to get with the times. He still acts and runs the team like it's 1995. And it's just simply not. You need to get with the times. You need to get with how things are run. The way you do it, being super conservative. And just like, you can't you can't run a team like this. You simply aren't going to win. No. And it's going to cost you in the long run. <laughs> Have you heard the quote of what Jerry has said to one of his former... Um, oh, God. Um... Interns that was, that was learning under him in the baseball world to then go out and be, I think he was the GM for the Marlins at a point. Have you heard this quote from that's been flowing around? No, it's the quote. The quote, I forget what the dude's name was off the top of my head, but he was a former GM of the Miami Marlins, and I believe he has kind of a high executive role in MLB like as a whole, like kind of working under the commissioner in some sort of role. But he was on a podcast about a year ago, and he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said the quote of, if there's one thing that I learned from learning under Jerry Reinsdorf of running a team is that he he came up to me and he said, here's what you need to do when running a team. Always finish in second place so that you don't have to spend all this money to get the high-end players to always be in first but you're always there in second, so there's always that little bit of a carrot right in front of your fans to keep coming back and buying everything. That makes sense. That's why I've That's what Jerry Reinsdorf told this intern for running a baseball organization. That's who's running our team. He doesn't want to win. He could say he wants to win, but he doesn't. He likes baseball, but he doesn't love it. I want somebody in there that loves this game and is willing to do what is necessary. I'm not saying go out and be like Steve Cohen and spend almost $400 million on a team. That's not what I'm asking you to do. All I'm asking you to do is go out there and give a shit. That's all I'm asking you to do is go out there and, and act like you care. Show that you care. Prove I, I'm tired of them constantly saying that we want to win. We care about winning. We're doing everything we can to prove it. Do it. You're not. It's clearly not. And if you say that you are, you're delusional. Because we have five years worth of games to prove that you're not. 
you don't care. You don't care enough, at least. And if you do care, uh, at least somewhat, you're not good at your job. You, all three of you, need to get out of here now. I, I see there's I'm, my name on this. I, at this point, I hate that I have to say this, but I'm willing to have all three of them go and then go through another five years of being terrible and basically going through another rebuild to completely suffer from scratch. I'm fine with that because I'm done with this. I truly am. Like, cause I don't want to wait another 15 years until Jerry's a hundred to then pass away. So then now at that point I'll be, in, I'll be in my early forties. It's kind of so a relief for the, when they are in a rebuild. Cause then you don't have to care. You don't have to care. And the tickets are really cheap, <laughs> but like, I don't want to wait until I'm in my early forties to find them win. I've never seen them win. I didn't see them win the World Series. I wasn't introduced to baseball. I didn't know it existed at this point in my life. When I was at that point, what? I was eight years old. I didn't know at eight years old that baseball existed. I never saw them win. I didn't get introduced to baseball until until 2007. That was the first year I was ever introduced to baseball. When I was nine years old, going to be 10 that year. I've never seen the White Sox win. The only thing I've ever seen them win was the blackout game in 2008 and then win the division in 2021. That's it. I don't count the COVID year. The COVID year, like, it just, it it didn't count. For many reasons. I don't think I really need to go into it. So two times in my life, I've seen them go to the playoffs. And I've seen one playoff win. One playoff win as a game. Same. That's it. Over the 25 years that I've been alive, almost 26, I've seen them win one playoff game in two seasons that they've made the playoffs. <laughs> That's ass. I I don't know. I don't know really I don't know what else to really say after that. I think that really sums it up. Is that I'm upset, I'm disappointed, I'm angry, but I'm also not surprised. Because, hey, what if we kept saying? The definition of insanity. What is the definition of insanity, Dean? Being a White Sox fan. Being a White Sox fan. Because the definition of, a, of insanity is doing the same exact thing over and over again and expecting a different result. What are the White Sox doing? Doing the same exact thing over and over and over again. And it's, it's insanity. And... I'll forever be a diehard fan. I love this team. I'll, it'll never go away. But I'm just I. I Taking wish I, I wish I wish I can go in there and just slap Jerry right in the face and tell him to wake up. Like honestly, because mm-hmm. someone needs to wake his ass up and tell him like, get your ass in gear and start actually giving a shit. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say. Do you have any final things to say, Dean? <laughs> I, I have nothing to say that hasn't been said already. Because I, I feel, I feel bad because I've kind of been talking for a while. No, hey, you know what? It's good to let it out. At this point, we're, we would just be beating a dead horse. We've been beating a dead horse for years. <laughs> That's what it's like being a Sox fan. It is like. But you know what? You know what this means now? That the trade deadline's over? 
football. Uh, yes. Football season, and I'm looking forward to it because the Bears actually look like they can be a fun team. Whether they win five games or 15, it looks like they're going to be a fun team to watch. So I'm, I'm looking forward to football. I'm actually excited to watch football. And I can't wait for it until I like what what is the season start? Like September sixth, something like that. September, whenever the season starts. We got about a month, month and a half until the football season starts. And it can't come soon enough. So until then, we have to stick with the, the uh I almost said the Hawks. The the White Sox. And the Cubs. Cubs are actually doing well. Maybe the Cubs can make the playoffs and we can actually have a Chicago team in the playoffs of any sort of te- of any sort of league. I guess, Dean, if you have anything else to say, thank you, Dean, for coming on. Appreciate it. <laughs> no worries, man. It was kind of last second almost because with the trade deadline happening and Kevin and Christian kind of being on the fence and the last second they both said that they're out, I really do appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. And again, you're always welcome to come on whenever we need you or whenever you want to come on. We can fit it in. Man, oh, thanks for having me, man. Of course, Honestly, man. Honestly, they're just... They're just... They're just—they're a very crappy, underachieving team. And you know what? It, I'd rather talk about it than to just live with it. You know, at this point, I'd rather—I'd rather just speak feelings and le- at least let it out as a fan's perspective. Because that's what this podcast is. We're not journalists. We're not reporters. We're not professional of any kind. We are here giving you all true, honest thoughts and opinions as diehard baseball and sports fans that's what that's and that's what you're hearing right now take it for what you will but that's what you get to hear and that's what we love and do on here Mm -hmm. so with all that being said thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the two bums and a mic sports podcast it's really not two bums and a mic it's just kind of like a mic and then a, a dumb you're not this, dumb this week. A Mike and a and a, a a person who misses Jake Berger and wishes the White Sox <laughs> would move to Las Vegas. The the Mike and the Greek. Yeah, we, I like we, that. We, we need to come up with a name for when it's just you and I. We need to come up with an alter ego name. The the people who know sports. I'm sorry, that was too much. That was too. Much. The the Greek and Kiev podcast. I like, Walter, I like that. The, oh, the, oh, oh, we could the uh, the Walter Payne is Payne Manning's dad podcast. No, no. Why? Why do you, I don't know? I still don't know why you make that as our Snapchat group chat name. You don't know why still? I I don't. Why? Why is that? I'll have to tell you off air because I, it might hurt someone's feelings. Okay. Well, so then let's definitely not call that as for you and I when we're on here together. Yeah, but it'd be like an inside joke. The. the <laughs> No, let's not uh, like the 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 Greek and Mike connection or something like that. I don't. Oh, know. I like that. I like that. I like the, that. The, the Greek, the, the uh, the back room at Chippendales. <laughs> Absolutely not. Before you start saying any more names, thank you all for listening to this episode <laughs> of the Two Bombs and Mike Sports podcast, or the the Greek and Mike connection as it is for today. You can listen to us on Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere that you get your podcasts. You can follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook 
all add two bums and a mic. I have been Michael. I have been Dean. And make sure this year when the White Sox inevitably cancel Sox Fest because they're afraid of criticism, <laughs> you make sure you go ahead and tweet them and let Jerry know how you feel. Or actually, uh, no, not even tweet them anymore. You go ahead and X them because I guess we changed Twitter. Yeah, why Why is Twitter all of a sudden – I know I did the outro and everything, but I, like, I'll leave it here. Why Why did Twitter change its logo to X? It's literally I, just a black box with a white X. I think they just changed Twitter to X now, and I honestly am not a fan of it. I, I don't think anybody is. I just want to know why. Is there, is there a reason, think, or is it just Elon Musk being Elon Musk? It's just Elon Musk being Elon Musk. And I'm going to be the funny thing is, at the end of that podcast, I was literally answering work emails. So <laughs> when you were doing your rant, it kind of worked out. Oh, really? <laughs> Like, <laughs> I guess you're welcome, then, Dean. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time.